It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is your Times Daily World Briefing for Saturday the 24th of September. I'm Laura Cook. And I'm Holly Keogh. As referendums continue in Ukraine, reports suggest armed officials go door-to-door forcing people to cast ballots. The world will react absolutely appropriately to these pseudo-referendums. They will be unequivocally condemned. These are not just crimes against the international law and Ukrainian law. These are crimes against specific people, against a nation. And the US relaxes internet sanctions on Iran in support of protesters. I think the world has come to realise that this is the right of the Iranians to defend themselves in view of this uh, repression and to be on their side. The Times Daily World Briefing. We start in Ukraine, with reports suggesting armed soldiers have been going door-to-door in occupied parts of the country to collect votes in referendums on joining Russia. Ukrainian officials claim people were banned from leaving some occupied areas until the four-day vote was over, and employees were threatened with the sack if they didn't participate, which Moscow denies. It's thought polling in the Luhansk, Donetsk, Kherson and Zaporizhia provinces are aimed at annexing them. Alexander Kara is a fellow of the Centre for Defence Studies and a former Ukrainian diplomat. He explains what the consequences could be. Certainly, it's just the way how they're trying to legitimize their uh, occupation and then uh, concentrate illegal annexation of those territories. And possibly after that, with the threat of uh, nuclear arms, as we've seen uh, last week, uh, they would be trying to push Ukraine and our partners to accept this new reality on the ground. The practice sees Ukrainians answering verbally at the door while a soldier makes a note to keep. Russian state media says this voting practice is for security measures, but the presence of armed men conducting the vote goes against Moscow's claims that this is a free and fair process. The US President Joe Biden has described the referendums as a sham and a false pretext by Russia to try to annex parts of Ukraine by force. Vladimir Zelensky says the votes in four areas would be unequivocally condemned by the world and the G7 says it will never recognise the results. Zelensky was speaking in his nightly address. The world will react absolutely appropriately to these pseudo-referendums. They will be unequivocally condemned. These are not just crimes against the international law and Ukrainian law. These are crimes against specific people, against a nation. Meanwhile, Ukraine's president is urging people in Russian-controlled areas to avoid conscription by any means. The warning comes after President Putin called up 300,000 men to the military in what he described as a partial mobilisation. 
There are reports of thousands fleeing the country to avoid having to fight, though the Kremlin says these are exaggerated. This man also left Russia to avoid the draft. Of course, I, I will plan to, to return some, some way, but uh, yeah, I'm not, of course, I don't want to just uh, cut all the connections because I have a lot of friends and family there. And President Zelensky is calling on those who can't avoid it to feed Ukraine information from the inside. Do the most important thing, keep safe and help us to weaken and destroy the occupiers. Hide from Russian mobilization in any way you can. Avoid draft orders. But if you still find yourself in the Russian army, sabotage any enemy activity. And with the first opportunity, move to our side. Do everything to save your life and free Ukraine. The U.S. says it will ease internet sanctions on Iran to counter authorities there shutting down internet access as part of a clampdown on protests. Mass protests sparked by the death of a young woman in police custody spread across the country in the worst unrest in Iran for years. The shutdown was apparently intended to prevent images of violence by security forces being shared. But U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says we are going to help make sure the Iranian people are not kept isolated and in the dark. Shahin Gabadi is a member of the Foreign Affairs Committee of the National Council of Resistance of Iran. He says it's important that other countries back the Iranian people. I think the world has come to realize that this is the right of the Iranians to defend themselves in view of this uh, repression and to be on their side and to impose serious biting sanctions against the regime at this crucial juncture. And also it's important to make sure that the regime cannot impose its censorship and Iranian people would have access to internet to share their views and their sentiments to the rest of the world and throughout the country. 22-year-old Masa Amini fell into a coma last week, hours after morality police arrested her for allegedly breaking headscarf rules. She was reportedly beaten in the head with a baton. The police have said there is no evidence of any mistreatment and that she suffered sudden heart failure. At least 50 people have been killed by security forces in the protests, according to the Oslo-based organisation Iran Human Rights, including five security personnel. United Nations Secretary-General Antonio Guterres appealed on Friday for Iranian security forces to refrain from using unnecessary or disproportionate force against the anti-government protests. He also urged all to exercise restraint to avoid further escalation. This is his spokesman, Stefan Diaric. We're obviously uh, concerned about the reports of peaceful protests being met by excessive uh, use of force. Uh, leading to dozens of deaths and injuries. Um, We call on security forces to refrain from using unnecessary and disproportionate force uh, and appeal to all uh, to exercise restraint to avoid further escalation. And I would add we call on the authorities to respect uh, the rights and freedom of expression, peaceful assembly and association. He added that Guterres raised the issue of human rights with Iranian President Ebrahim Rahisi on Thursday during a meeting between the pair at the annual gathering of world leaders at the United Nations. On the way, Italy prepares to go to the polls and Sir Elton John is awarded for his contribution to music. The Times Daily World Briefing. We head to Italy now, where the country prepares to vote in a national election on Sunday. It comes after Prime Minister Mario Draghi's national unity government was brought down by party infighting in July. Polls have consistently shown that a rightist coalition, led by the Nationalist Brothers of Italy party and also involving the League Party and Forza Italia, is on course for a clear victory. 
The election could make history, giving the country its first female prime minister, the head of its most right-wing government since World War II. We will build a solid, cohesive government with a strong popular mandate, which will remain in power for five years, whether the left likes it or not. Giorgia Maloney's party in 2018 barely scraped 4% of the vote, but that's now expected to take around 25% and propel an alliance of Conservative partners to a clear parliamentary majority. Professor Lorenzo Castigliani is a political analyst at Louise University. He explains how the result might look. What we might have is a more nationalist and protectionist government, um, which will maintain probably the same line uh, related to uh, international relationship of Draghi's government, so uh, great support for Ukraine in terms of foreign policy and as well an active role against Chinese investment. Uh, but of course main changes might occur in terms of domestic policies and EU uh, relationship with, with Italy. The election campaign has been fought in the shadows of a sweltering summer with little sign of much voter interest and no televised debate between the various party leaders. Italians appeared to be more concerned about soaring energy prices caused by the Russian invasion of Ukraine. While pollsters still expect a right-wing victory on Sunday, they've also warned that a surge in support for the left-leaning five-star movement, especially in the poorer south, might dent their lead. Leader of five-star former Italian Prime Minister Giuseppe Conti held his final campaign rally in Rome on Friday. Speaking in front of a generous crowd of supporters in the capital centre, Conti revived the country's efforts to fight the COVID-19 pandemic when he was Prime Minister. We were the first Western country to be hit by COVID-19. We set up a path that everyone followed. We've been a role model abroad as well. Even if there's a clear-cut result, the next government is unlikely to take office before late October, with the new parliament not meeting until October the 13th. We head to Canada now, where residents of the country's Atlantic coast have been warned by officials to brace themselves as Hurricane Fiona is expected to reach the shores in the early hours. The Canadian Hurricane Centre warned that Fiona could be a historic and extreme event. Coastal flooding, power outages and dangerous driving conditions are the early warnings from authorities. At least eight people in Fiona's path through the Caribbean have died. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. With the latest on Roger Federer's retirement, here's John Jackson. It was an emotional night at the Labour Cup on Friday as Swiss superstar Roger Federer waved goodbye to tennis. In front of a 17,500 sellout crowd at London's O2 Arena, Federer returned from more than a year away for one last dance in tandem with his great rival, Spain's Rafa Nadal. Their opponents, the Americans Jack Sock and Francis Tiafo, ruined the script, however, winning on a tie-break. After taking in the applause of the crowd, Federer fought back the tears as he thanked his family, supporters and opponents over the years, finishing by saying, It's been a perfect journey. I'd do it all again. The competition continues with Team Europe and Team World level on two wins each, but most will remember this as the event where one of the greatest players to ever grace the court called it game, set and match. The Times Daily World Briefing. Entertainment. 
Sir Elton John was given an award from US President Joe Biden for his contribution to music after he performed at the White House for the first time since 1998. The veteran star sang to over 2,000 guests, including teachers, nurses and LGBTQ advocates, with his performance celebrating everyday history makers. At the end of the show, President Biden surprised Sir Elton with the National Humanities Medal. The 75-year-old singer is currently on a farewell tour after over 50 years in the career. And finally, in Loch Ness in Scotland, an extreme adventurer has broken the record for the longest ever open water swim. Ross Edgeley spent 52 hours and 39 minutes swimming continuously without touching land or boat, covering around 79 kilometres. All whilst battling long periods of overnight rain and winds of up to 20 knots. The swim stopped at 4 Augustus on Friday afternoon, falling short of his original attempt to beat the world record for the longest ever open swim in tideless water. He said it was one of the biggest challenges of his career. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Saturday the 24th of September. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts.